Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Ready for the new drying experience that leaves your hair shiny, smooth, and healthy looking every time you style it? Introducing SmoothWrap, the revolutionary new dryer from Infinity Pro by Conair. SmoothWrap uses advanced plasma technology to rebalance the natural charge of your hair so it looks and feels fabulous. SmoothWrap wraps your hair in a new treatment to banish frizz and boost volume. And the more you use SmoothWrap, the more amazing the results. The lightweight and powerful high-torque motor dries up to 50% faster than other models. And ceramic technology minimizes heat damage and maximizes sleek, silky shine. Customize your style with three heat and two speed settings. Once your look is just right, lock it in with the Cool Shop button. Whatever your hair type, SmoothWrap leaves it smooth, balanced, and healthy looking. Get your Conair SmoothWrap dryer at Amazon.com now. When's the last time you took a timeout? I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space, activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're peeling back the layers around why society makes it so easy to guard men's time like it's diamonds and treat women's time like it's infinite, like sand. And so whether you're partnered with or without children or in a career where you want more boundaries, this is a place for you, for people of all family structures. So take this time out with us to learn, get inspired, and most importantly, reclaim your time. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Papa John is back on television, this time talking about his vocabulary. Professors are dragging their students on Reddit. And we're talking with Ellie Hall about Meghan and Harry's interview with Oprah. It's March 9th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Zach, we have a theme for today. All white men are terrible. Yes. Yes. I was gonna I was gonna say the theme is racism, but you know, both both stand. But also accountability within your racism mm-hmm. is the theme. That's why mm-hmm. I want to focus on mm-hmm. kind of, kind of, kind of. Well, at the end, we will have accountability, but we will begin not there. <laughs> So we're going to start with the founder of Papa John, John Schnatter, trying to fix his vocabulary. John was on OAN, and this is what he had to say about deprogramming himself from saying the N-word over the last 20 months. I mean, again, you have a public board that paints its chairman uh, complicit, passive, or active. They paint 
the founder as a racist. They know he's not a racist. It's just unbelievable. And I used to lay in bed just going, how did they do this? And we've had three goals for the last 20 months to get rid of this uh, N-word in my uh, vocabulary and dictionary and everything else uh, because it's just not true. Figure out how they did this and get on with my life. The reason this is surfacing is because back in 2018, John was caught on audio saying the N-word. John maintains that audio was taken out of context. Okay, here's my thing. I watched this clip so many times to try to find the way in which this could be taken out of context. (laughs) And I arrived to the fact of the matter. That is, if you have to take or spend time to get the N-word out of your vocabulary, that is a problem. Done. Racism. Done. You have to... Been 20 months. Number one problem in the first place. Most people do not have that problem. Number two, I'm pretty sure that it takes like 21 days to start or break a habit. I'm pretty sure that's the three week marker people go with on my phone. If I were to look, I'm trying out 21 day meditation. That that's what I'm talking about here. 20 months. So it took him 19 months and 10 days to finally get 21 consecutive days that he did not say the N word. Wow. Welcome to America. And he's rich. He's rich, rich. I, I don't eat Papa John's Domino's forever. Goodbye. (laughs) Meanwhile, professors are dragging some of their worst students. The conversation was started when Reddit user RedMambo6 asked college professors to share stories of students that made them say, I'm surprised you made it out of high school. And the professors delivered. Some of the headlines included, a student came in with a research paper bibliography that listed my mom as a source several times. Another one stated, I once had identical twin sisters who turned in identical essays. Both were directly plagiarized from a Google search and received identical zeros. At first, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny that twins turned in the same thing. And then the fact that they plagiarized that, I was like, oh, okay, that's a problem. (laughs) I mean, hey, if you're going to twin, twin it out. Twin it to the end, everyone. Um, But I Did you ever do anything like this that a professor would have written about you? I've been desperately racking my brain to figure out what it was. Um, The only thing I can go back to is like high school. But actually, I've never done... You and I are pretty like high performing obsessively like trying to be perfect all the time people i think anxiety is the word you're looking for yeah anxiety is the thing and the only thing i can think of is like i don't know when i was in high school my history professor thought i was always trying to like create issues in class because i kept bringing Mm. up race and he started calling me spike lee (laughs) (laughs) oh no he was like we just got ourselves a little spike lee here don't we so that's all i could think of i was rocking the boat a lot but it was for to bring yeah i'm glad you were rocking the boat may you always continue to do so yeah because you know why i won and history is now showing me that i'm winning by bringing up racism in white institutions (laughs) okay we are once again not done talking about (laughs) racism today (laughs) because moving on we finally finally have to talk more in depth about the interview that's got everyone's attention. Of course, we're talking about Oprah's interview of Harry and Meghan from Sunday. It was infuriating, heartbreaking, and has us wondering if we're living in a real-life episode of The Crown. To talk about everything Royals-related, we've brought in BuzzFeed senior reporter and British monarchy expert Ellie Hall. Hi, Ellie. Thank you so much for making time for us during what is probably kind of busy week for you. (laughs) Oh, you know, just a little bit. Thank you for having me. It's always great to be here. 
Of course, of course. All right, I want to start off with some breaking news out of the palace this morning. So we finally have a statement from the Queen and the Royals. What are they saying? How are they spinning this uh, issue they're dealing with right now after the Meghan and Harry interview? The statement that came from Buckingham Palace today was very unusual to my mind because instead of coming from the royal family, the institution, which Megan talked so much about in her interview, today's statement seemed to come from the queen as the grandmother that she is. The biggest thing that Harry and Meghan talked about with regards to the palace in their interview was this conflict between um, the queen as his beloved grandmother and the queen as the head of the firm, uh, this big institution that has always been run in a certain way. And I think the royal family knows right now that the only way to get through this PR crisis is to try to lean into that. Mm-hmm. that that's really interesting. Her as a grandmother and not, you know, the Queen of England. But I have to bring up something she says in the statement. She says, you know, there's some issues raised that are concerning around race. And, you know, Ellie, I am a black person, as you know, and I have been so confused at why people are surprised that the head of the British Empire, you know, the colonialist empire, would have race issues. So why, why, are, why are we surprised here? Why is the world reacting so, you know, confused right now by what's happening? I don't think uh, a lot of the world is as confused as you might think they are. (laughs) To be completely honest, um, I've long thought that the royal family is going to be in a serious make or break moment when the queen dies, simply because the monarchy, I feel, has stayed for so long because she still reminds everybody in the UK of the royal family not leaving during the Blitz. You know, that strength of character, the beautiful young queen. We now know for a fact, Oprah said that the person who made the remark about whether Archie would be too black or not was not the queen and was not Prince Philip. And honestly, I think the statement here is trying to make people remember that. Like they don't want reporters to start poking around trying to figure out who that member of the royal family was. And honestly, with Meghan saying that it would be too damaging to the institution, you know that's a future king. It just depends on which one. <laughs> Charles, 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 Charles. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about this because that was a big thing. People are guessing and a lot of guesses are Charles or William. Those are the guesses. How do you think that Harry and Meghan dance that fine line? And is some of the blame, though, still to be put at the feet of the queen? From the outside, yes. But if you think back to the interview, do you remember how Meghan and Harry looked at each other when Oprah asked them, well, isn't the queen the queen? Doesn't the queen get to do what she wants? When they looked at each other at that, that to me, their look said everything because it makes such perfect sense for them. It makes sense for Meghan because she lived it. It makes sense to him because he grew up in it. We can't understand. And right now, that is the thing the palace has to do if they want to get through this. You know, they have to explain this. You got to rip the Band-Aid off. All right. We'll be right back to continue our conversation about the royal family with Ellie Hall. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. 
Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com. And now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A. to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. Welcome back. We're talking with Ellie Hall about Oprah's interview with Meghan and Harry. Your piece comparing Kate and Meghan headlines was actually mentioned by Oprah herself. So how did that feel to see that in real time, Ellie? It was actually funny. I had to apologize to my neighbors, one of whom texted me being, Ellie, why are you yelling? (laughs) Um, It was kind of funny. When Oprah was reading out the list, she started with the example of uh, Megan, how Megan touches her baby bump too much. All of the stuff about how Megan, you know, was such a narcissist for holding her baby bump while she was pregnant. How Um, dare she? I yelled at the top of my lungs, comma, on avocados. Because I knew if she did avocados (laughs) next, it was definitely my piece. Uh. And then then it was. (laughs) Oh, that's well, so congratulations. When, when, yeah, when I was watching, I was like, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed. <laughs> so this interview is getting a lot of praise here in the U.S., you know, for Harry and Meghan, for Oprah. What's the reaction been in the U.K., especially from the tabloids? You're not going to see the tabloids or the even the more established uh, U.K. royal reporters are not treating this as what it is, as what Americans saw it as. I mean, one of the things I've seen tweeted the most by royal reporters is uh, all these tongue-in-cheek jokes about how they never got invited to a party at the palace. Well, no, you didn't, but the parties happen. It's just the owners and editors of the paper who go to them, which which in a way is a little worse. It's all the fat cats. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I think part of the issue that the British media needs to see that they haven't seen. They say they're not racist. Well, you know what? There are a few problems with that that I'm actually going to explore in a piece, which maybe will have come out soon. My piece compared headlines in a very specific part of time. It was after Kate and Megan had married into the royal family. So saying, oh, there was so much great coverage during the wedding and the engagement, that's not an answer. That's what, that is what aboutism. And you can't say, okay, well, Fergie and Diana and Kate got it so much worse. They did. Should people have to endure a trauma Olympics if they want to uh, marry into the royal family? It's that kind of thing. Um, but about race, I do want to say, I think that the British press's problem is that they don't see colorblindness as a form of racism. 
they think that colorblindness is, um, you know, I have black friends and which was almost exactly, there have been people almost explicitly writing, I have black friends in major columns in UK newspapers. I have to say, I have to jump in here. I must, my soul's pushing me. I was a columnist at The Guardian in London for a few years, and I wrote a piece about colorblindness, and I still, to this day, get hate mail from the British oh, about colorblindness. Oh, my God. Oh, that checks yes. out. How yep. many so years ago? Right. Oh, my God. Five, six, <laughs> six years ago, I still get hate mail. I'm not kidding you. I was turned into a meme. I was, it was like a whole mess. But yeah, so you're right, Ellie. You're completely right. Well, it's like, it's like what's, what's the worst thing you can call a white person? Racist. <laughs> Even when they are being yeah. racist. Ask yeah, Papa exactly. John. He's upset. It's just a Still. fact. It's a fact. <laughs> well, that's, anyway. that's, the state, that's the state the world reporters are in right now. And um, honestly, what I plan to do with the rest of my coverage this week is hold them accountable. Because this is, this is the only moment I think that we're going to have in a while where the public actually wants to see a change in the way that the royal family is covered. And uh, if nobody else wants to push them, I'll be that annoying person. Please do. And, you know, one of one of those people who uh, we see often in the press in the UK is Piers Morgan. And today he walked off the set of his own morning show when confronted by a colleague. And then we've since found out that he has quit, maybe been asked to, I'm not sure, leave the show. What is your reaction to that? I tweeted um, one of my favorite memes, which is the Japanese girl holding the frog and saying the evil is defeated. That is how I feel <laughs> right now. Piers Morgan is, is to blame, I would say, for uh, more than anyone else, even editors of these tabloids, for the hatred against Meghan Markle. He has whipped it up into a frenzy. Um, a comparison I would actually make is that if you hate Megan, it's similar to QAnon and he's the Alex Jones because you, you just refuse to believe the truth, but he has been just, you know, psyching everybody up for years and it's all because Megan ghosted him. Yep. We cannot forget that. This is what rejection does to cis white straight men. They cannot deal with it and they have to enact violence on women who are only setting boundaries saying, I don't want you. It's just so disgusting. And he has done this to so many women, including like Chrissy Teigen. He's the biggest troll of Chrissy Teigen. So anyway, Pierce Morgan, I hope no one hires you again. I'm sorry. You don't deserve a job. Sorry. And what's really it. crazy is the UK tabloids did this last year. There was a reality TV show star named uh, Caroline Flack. She had a domestic uh, violence incident. The way it was covered in the newspapers drove her to take her own life. Yep. Yeah. And I think, I think that nobody wants to ask the tabloids why, like, is this, a, a, were you willing to, to pay this? Is a human life a price to pay for clicks? So I will uh, stay tuned, stay tuned on this subject. Cause I'm asking them that question. Well, I know you have to get back because you do have a piece coming today. Everyone get very, very excited. So before you go, we have to talk about the family. We got to end it there. Do you think this rift between the Royals and the Markles, as I call them, can ever be mended? And what does that future look like, especially with Twitter still trending with abolish the monarchy right now? Because it does seem that this interview has people wanting the Royals to be gone forever. I think that Harry and Meghan have all the power now. And the best thing that they can do if they feel generous and want to help at all is to turn the public narrative back to we are a family. I mean, also, I'm not sure if you noticed this. Did you see in the interview how Oprah just dropped? Is he taking your calls yet to Prince Charles? Like talk about getting a conversation started. 
Um, just with everything already in there. God, that interview was a masterpiece. Oh um, gosh, she's amazing. But but that you know we're at that kind of level. Prince Charles isn't taking Harry's calls. And Harry said in the interview, the most painful thing for him was that Prince Charles saw his own wife go through this. And Harry, I think this may have caused him to think, well, you know, he's doing this to me. He's do he did this to my mother. Why didn't he care? I would say probably the love he has for Megan, how he's trying to protect her. He might be dealing with, you know, why didn't my dad do that mm -hmm. with uh. Diana? And you have to, you know, context is so key here that you, Harry rose to such prominent fame in the wake of his mother's death because he walked behind that casket and the whole world cried as they watched him as a little boy walk behind her. And, you know, a lot of commentators have pointed out that like that was a traumatic moment for him that has always shaped his life. And we do, you can draw a parallel from that moment to this moment of why he's doing what he's doing is to protect his family because his father and the royals didn't protect his family before. And it's incredibly sad. All right, Ellie, you have so much reporting to do. Good I luck. Do. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> hey, hey, this is a, this is a, this is like a legit huge thing of seltzer that I've been just chugging. You deserve. We will have more sent over. So thank you again for being here and thank good you. luck. Thank you so much. Always, always great to see y'all. All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, better ingredients, fewer inwards, Papa John's. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one I of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. When's the last time you took a time out? I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space. Activist on the gender division of labor, attorney and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're peeling back the layers around why society makes it so easy to guard men's time like it's diamonds and treat women's time like it's infinite, like sand. And so whether you're partnered with or without children or in a career where you want more boundaries, this is a place for you, for people of all family structures. So take this time out with us to learn, get inspired, and most importantly, Reclaim your time. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.